This is Giles Peterson and you are about to go into some reggae heaven. I have fortunately been able to meet up with an old friend of mine, David Rodigan. He's come into the studio to share his experiences in reggae and beyond over the last 30 years. He has a great new album out on BBE. He's been a DJ on the radio in the UK for a very, very long time, longer than me. He's DJed around the world, sound clashes, reggae jams, blues parties, festivals everywhere over the last however many years he's on a revival at the moment he has become a youtube phenomenon as a result of those sound clashes that he's had in new york and in jamaica we're going to get him talking about all of those experiences his life in reggae and music and broadcasting david rodigan my special guest this week but before we bring david into the studio i want to drop a few tunes some special reggae tracks that have meant a lot to me over the years
taking you to worldwide places. Charles Peterson. Of my island is a parish, I know. I am no one to tell the boss that's where I grow. No money, they never see just now. Short worries in my flourish while they get on them, I perish. No, no, pray up the thing, you give me more, but more. Grandville to talk and all left out big force. Some shops grey now deal with fear, so rebuild, we are rebuilt till you know John, you gear up. And here is small and that. Welcome to Montego. CLM flankers. Welcome to Montego Children are now if you play Welcome to Montego People fed up in everywhere Welcome to Montego Bobby and need a public park Decorate with flowers and with family go walk Clean up the garbage out of the city The public facilities with more sanitary A bigger strand theater, very necessary Where is the future for the youth? Me not see any but me notice a gunshot About many, many things I like Then go up, yes, I like that When last you no clean out the tree and them a gully Don't tell no lie, I am station me bunny We very friendly but I know all of we funny Tell me why, defenders now make no money and your grandchildren that Welcome to Montego Bay Glendevan Salt Spring Welcome to Montego Bay Tourists come there every day Welcome to Montego Bay All inclusive them must stay Welcome to Montego Free up the tourists them out of the hotel Make the people not the craft market Get vessel low Don't fuck this with the poor people Them show them up here some love Stop from Britain St. James Street in narrow like church Nose of a car book can't take distance A fire from my place so we have to represent Long time we are suffer Make we make a statement Which one? Welcome to Montego Welcome, welcome. In the west of an island is a parish, I know. I am no one to tell you cause that's where I grow. No money, they dead, but it just not short. Worries in my flourish, while they dead, so they my perish. No, no. Pray up the thing, I give me more for more. Grandville to talk and all left out it for. Some shops square now deal with fear, so rebel, we are rebel till you know John, you give And here is small land Welcome to Montego CLM flankers Welcome to Montego Children are now with the play Welcome to Montego People fed up in everywhere Welcome to Montego Yeah, not far from the grill that Welcome to Montego And here's green till that Welcome to Montego
of Queen Africa, Montego Bay and Dennis Bevel with Demus and Marco Nelson opening things up. going to try a little sound clash and I want to find out a lot more about the man that is David Rodigan. and his journey in reggae music over the last 30 years.
You've had an amazing career, haven't you, David? I mean, it's kind of... You've had a life as a DJ. I have. Oh. It's been wonderful. Um, it really has. And it, it is a privilege, what we do, isn't it? I consider myself very fortunate to have been born when I was born in 1951. So as the 50s rolled out and we rolled into the 60s, there was this... Basically, a music revolution. If I look back on it now, so much that was happening at that time was was so fresh. You know, from the small faces, Stephen Marriott, you know, the small faces, what a band. All or nothing, the Stones, the Beatles. You know, I remember buying Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and listening to it all night, literally, a gang of us, and just repeatedly playing it over and over and over again. Marvin Gaye's What's Going On album. Repeatedly, the Catch a Fire album, the Soul Rebel album. It, it, it was that obsession which led to playing school discos in 68, 69, uh, youth clubs in 67 and house parties. Discovering this soul sound of America, you know, Stax, Atlantic, uh, Curtis Mayfield, James Brown, you know, the, the Ronettes, Phil Spector. My Boy Lollipop was one of the first songs that I heard that I identified with being Jamaican. this new sound from Jamaica called Blue Beat, Stroke Scar. The Wailers, Prince Buster, the Scatterlights. It was a, a, a musical invasion. American soul, um, a mod music, you know, mod bands, call them what you will, pop music, from Billy J. Craman and, and the Liverpool sound, and then this young sound of Jamaica. It was just, it was amazing. I mean, the, the who, my generation. Um, you know, the kinks. I mean, Ray Davis and Dave Davis, the death of a clown. It was just a great time to have been born and growing up as a teenager. To end up in 1978 joining the BBC as a broadcaster of a reggae show on Sunday lunchtimes was just amazing. <laughs>
you brought up, first of all? I was brought up in, well, I was born in Germany of Scots Irish parentage. Uh, my father was in the forces, and uh, I was reared in a village uh, in Oxfordshire. I went to school in Oxford, and then we moved out to this village called Kidlington, and I was, I was, that's where I, my teenage years kicked in. So, by the summer of '67, I was 16. And um, it was the, the original summer of love. You know, we had flowers in our hair. We wanted to go to San Francisco. And, and it was just amazing. The birds, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, it just, it was an amazing time. Your first sort of reggae moment was really um, those ska records. Um, My Boy Lollipop from Millie, Phoenix City, uh, the, the Scatterlights, the Wailers, those those were the songs. Dancing Mood, the summer of 67. I'm in a dancing mood. I'm in a dancing mood. I'm in a dancing mood. When you feel the beat, you got to pull the beat, you got to clap your hands. You've got all the soul deep inside, cause you can hide. I'm in a dancing room. I'm in a dancing room. Giles Peterson. 66, oh Carolina, the Folks Brothers. Um, Prince Buster's Al Capone was legendary. I mean, that was just a, that was one of the anthems of 66, 67. So that was the time. First record you played whilst playing to a public when you thought, this is what I want to do. Um, I remember having that moment on stage at the school disco. It was actually the Arts Club disco. And people pay, you know, they paid sixpence or something to come in. And we used that to buy materials for the art club. But we also had the, the school turntable and one speaker. And that's where I first was playing, like, sitting on the dock of the bay, Otis Redding and so on. So that was a, an indication of the fact that it, this could be exciting. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in then I watch them roll away again, yeah I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home in Georgia Headed for the Frisco Bay Cause I've had nothing to live for And look like nothing's gonna come my way So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay 
Watching the tide roll away I'm sitting on a darker bay Wasting time Look like nothing's gonna change Everything still remains the same I can't do what ten people tell me to do Here resting my bones And this loneliness won't leave me alone Listen, two thousand miles I roam Just to make this dock my home Now I'm just gonna sit at the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on a darker bay Wasting time Caribbean influence, Jamaican influence mm. In Oxfordshire, did you have to come to London for that? To no, because there was a Jamaican community in Oxford uh, That lived in an area called Cowley And they brought their music with them A lot of them lived in Blackford Lees and the Cowley area And a lot of them worked in the, the Morris Oxford car plant You could go to Russell Acart's and join the Jamaicans and, and in that kind of auction system. And you had listening rooms, you know, like the talented Mr. Ripley, and they go into that listening room in Italy, and the jazz records. It was just like that. And you'd, you'd point, you'd, you'd have your little stack of records, and Margaret would, would wave, and you'd wave, and she'd put the next one on, and you, you'd go, you know, and she'd put it down for you, and you'd come out and have your little pile of records. Um, 007, Shantytown. Load of stuff on Pyramid and Dr. Bird, though those those were the big labels at the time. And I remember Red Red Wine by Tony Tribe. It said on one that didn't sound so good, but then it changed its name to Tony Tribe. Because that was the that was the version that inspired UB40 to, to do their big hit version.
When did you first go to Carnival? I went to Carnival, I think the first one I went to was in 1975. Because um, I only came to London in 1970. I wanted to become an actor, I wanted to work in the theatre. Uh, my ambition was to, to do that. I'd studied economics for a year in London and didn't enjoy it. Became a deck chair attendant in Hyde Park. And um, that was in the summer of 1970. And managed to get um, a couple of offers to go to the drama school. And, and was considering teaching as well. So I went to Rosebrook College of Speech and Drama. And I thoroughly enjoyed my three years at drama school and, uh, and teaching as well. I'd done a dramatization of Yevtushenko's uh, Zimmer Junction, the Russian poet. And uh, I managed to get that on at the Little Theatre in St. Martin's Lane that summer. And um, some directors from the north of England saw the show and I got an audition and they offered me a job. You know, it was, it was, it was traditional touring theatre. They started to get some telly and some film. I was in, played Frank Wilde in Shackleton for, for the Beeb. And I got to go inside the TARDIS because I was given a position, offered a job um, in Doctor Who with Colin Baker. So you were in there with the acting career? Yeah, it was all, it was great. I mean, I was, I was having a ball. Playing um, records at the same time? No, no. Well, actually, yeah, because I was working at the Victoria Theatre in, in Stoke-on-Trent with Peter Cheeseman. I'd come off stage, I'd take my makeup off, jump into this banged-up old uh, Triumph Herald and clap, clap, clap over to another part of Stoke-on-Trent where I played in the Stoke-on-Trent West Indian Club. And I played the records there on a Saturday night. And I loved it. See, I, I remember, for example, Johnny Walker on Radio Caroline um, playing his, you know, he always played stuff like, you know, uh, Rap Me You and Your Warm and Tender Love, Percy Sledge, <laughs> anthems like that. I remember listening to um, Tommy Vance on Radio Caroline uh, playing Ram Jam by Jackie Mittu. And I was fascinated by the radio. I was fascinated by people who cared about music. Mike Raven's R&B show on a Sunday night on BBC Radio 1. And Mike Raven had the most amazing voice. And Mike Raven would say, here's another rather interesting record from the West Indies. It's on the Coxone label. It's by The Sound Dimension. Peterson. Selection without objection. This is Giles Peterson. And if you're interested, my name's David Rodigan. 
I'd be literally perched on the edge of my bed waiting to hear. He played a West Indian record at 10 past seven. He played another one around 21 minutes past seven. And he tried to play another one at 7.30. And that's why I first heard, this is a very interesting new release that I heard this week. This is Mike Raven, Rhythm and Blues Show. This is by Eric Barnett on a new West Indian record label called Gas Records. And the track is called The Horse by Eric Barnett. Never heard of Eric Barnett since. As far as I know, he never made another record. But that record, I will not take the record out of my house because I finally got it on the gas label, which was green and purple and white. And it, it and it's priceless. It's just this organ instrumental. I mean, that was just another example of, of what I now refer to as an appointment to listen. You know, people say to me, oh, what? back in the day, we'd say, which DJs do you listen to? Emperor Roscoe? Radio 1, Saturday lunchtime, late Saturday morning, into the... You, no one missed Emperor Roscoe. No one. Kenny Everett on Capital Radio, Saturday lunchtime? No, you weren't going to miss Kenny. And that was it. It was an appointment to listen to DJs. I think it is very, very important um, that we still have radio that homes in on particular types of music. Why not? Because particular types of music are very important to some people. And that's, that's, I think that's what makes radio so special. Um, that it, it's pictures in the mind and, and it's, it, it, it's someone who, re- when you listen to someone who really cares about what they're playing, it's fantastic. It's an appointment to listen. able to go to Jamaica, which I did in 1979 in January. I touched down at the Kingston Airport, Norman Manley Airport, and you know, within the second, on, by the second night, I was in King Tubby's studio with the King. You know, the legendary Osborne Ruddock. I am not worthy. Quiet, reserved, cool, chilled. Cut my first dub plates. Watched him set the plate on the lathe and tss, the cut in the cutter, and then over to Channel One. Uh, the Hokkien brothers, the Chinese Jamaicans that run there, and up to Harry J on Roosevelt Avenue, there's Bunny Whaler coming out of the studios. Down to Cash and Carry on Orange Street, there's Big Youth, Bunny Whaler, Gregory Isaacs hanging out. Then up to Treasure Isle, Bond Street, up onto the roof of Treasure Isle where Tommy McCook played. 
and there was Mikey Dread voicing Stepping Out of Babylon, a DJ cut of that, and there was Marcy Griffiths on the roof of Treasure Isle. You know. Going to Jamaica for the first time. When are you about to go on? I mean, you're do, you're on Tony Williams. So you don't just get on Tony Williams, having not been a DJ or an actor. What, what happened there? Where have I missed? Well, there was an open audition. I they stopped the audition after 15 minutes. It was supposed to be half an hour, and um, I was the only white guy in there. And the producer said, uh, yeah, um, "Thank you very much, but we, we we want a black presenter." And and I understood that totally because you know why not? You know, it's, you know, it was hard enough for black people to get jobs in those days uh, I hope that doesn't sound in any way rude or, or derogatory but it really was wasn't it it was it wasn't it wasn't easy and um, and but, but what they actually did was they played the demo tape to a lot of uh, black Rex, West Indian record producers and record company people and um, apparently most of them said yeah you should use him as well um, and so it was Tony Williams and I Tony was already working at Radio London and we co-hosted the show and then we were given one show a week each, so we sort of alternated, and um, and it was fantastic. I really, I really did enjoy it. But I had a baptism of fire at the Apollo Club in Wilsdon, which was my first public appearance, and I'd been on Radio London, I think, for about nine months or a year, and I walked on stage at the Apollo Club in Wilsdon, and there was a from cheers and roars and shouts, yes, for the first time here at the Apollo Club in Wilsdon, first public appearance in the radio DJ from Radio London. This is David Rodigan. <laughs> as hundreds and hundreds of black people just stared at me and said, you're a white man. You could hear the sort of whispers because they just couldn't believe it. What a rotted sort of, you know, kind of chaw. And I actually saw some people closing their eyes. Uh, and, I, and, the, and, the, and the MC said, if you're not going to dash things, and people slowly started, you know, responding. And, I mean, it wasn't easy, you can imagine, because they just, you see, they had presumed because I was blabbering on like I am now about this music, they presumed I was a black guy.
this is fascinating because obviously a lot of people have discovered you in the last sort of few years yeah. through YouTube. Yeah, YouTube has undoubtedly introduced me um, to a whole new audience. I DJed with you last year. I hadn't seen you playing, and this was at the festival. I was astounded by the knowledge of the audience of the music. I had no doubt about you delivering it. I'd seen you before. You can do your job. But when I looked at the audience and the youth of the audience, and they were shouting back the lyrics to you, blew me away. Festival blew me away. Um, that was for me a baptism of fire, uh, in that I was playing in a scene that I was not normally, that I'd never played in before. It's the first time I played festival. I was very flattered and honoured to be invited. Um, I didn't expect to be. Um, but I also appeared at Secret Garden a couple of in Glastonbury last year. And this is all for the first time. You know, I've been doing this for over 30 years. I've never done a festival in my life. I've done reggae sunsplash, but not rock, pop, or call them what you will. So for me, it was an amazing experience to see all these young um, people who knew the songs. I'm like, how would you know you can get it if you really want it? Because that tune came out in 1970, and none of you were born. You can succeed at last mm -hmm. Persecution you must bear Win and lose you've got to get your share Got your mind set on a dream Some of those tunes got bigger forwards than the dub plates. And these, it's, how would you know this? But they do know them. As you grow up, I, I think these songs become a backdrop to your life, don't they? To your parents' life, your grandparents, whatever. Selector. 
came to Jamaica for the first time, we started talking about it a little moment ago. In what year? 1979. And when were you first invited to play records in Jamaica? 1983. I invited um, Barry Gordon, who was the number one radio DJ, to give me a news desk on what was hot in Jamaica at JBC Radio 1. And uh, he did so, and then he reciprocated and said, you must come on my show on Saturday night. And at eight o'clock, when the news is on, he turned to me and said, look, forget this, you just playing, being my guest. Let's do a clash. The idea of a Jamaican record clash or dub play clash or, or clash is that you will play a song and your opponent must counteract it in some way by coming up with a speech, by coming up with a song, which is an improvement upon the song that you've played or is a counteraction to the lyrics. It's a musical chess game. Um, it's a jigsaw. And it's great fun. So that was 83, 84, 85. We did those clashes once a year until I think it was 1988. But the big one that everyone still talks about, I had a dollar for everyone every time someone says to me, Slang Tang Clash! 1985, it started at 8 in the evening with a policeman at Halfway Tree Police Station on the phone flicking the coin to decide who would go first. And we'd cut customised dub plates at Tubbies and Jammies and Harry J and everything else. And that clash lasted six hours. And it was a phenomenon. And there are still DVDs, yeah, CDs circulating of it that were cassettes and some at the time. I've won some clashes, you know, I've won a few over the years. 
What's which, the biggest prize, the biggest win? Um, I guess it was probably against Kilimanjaro in New York in 97, because I'd had the first clash with 93, and uh, we were at the wire, and I played a Prince Buster dub, and he played a... Uh, so-called Bob Marley dub in transparent <laughs> that it was somebody else but the fact was that, that they, <laughs> yeah, that's the game you know um, they got away with it uh, Bob was dead he couldn't argue um, but uh, regardless of that I, I love Ricky Troop and I love Jaro they're a great sound system they are legendary and uh, they, they picked me at the post there so this was a uh, 97 we did this big showdown in Long Island and that that really was not soid it was crazy um, I always remember the next day, my wife said to me, uh, she went shopping in the mall in Long Island, and uh, uh, one of the sh- she, uh, one of the shop assistants said to her, oh, you're from England? I recognise your voice. She said, yeah. Hey, well, there's this uh, English guy here last night. He caused a complete roadblock around here. Uh, he was in some clash with some Jamaican guys, and you know what? He, he beat them, and you know what? He's white. <laughs> this guy was black. And my wife said, yeah, and he's my husband. Get out of here. <laughs> That guy, do you know the trap? Do you know I couldn't get home from work because of that guy? <laughs> so, so ridiculous. But that was a legendary night in Would Long Would you get Island. well paid for these things? You'd spend more than you earned because the nature of, of, of sound clashing is that every single song has to have your name in it. Has to. So you have to go to all the artists with all the big tunes and you have to get them to revoice and put your name in it. If your name's not in it, you're immediately disqualified. What's your most valued... Dub plate. Tenor saw, ring the alarm. David Rodigan, strong on ya. Oh, gonna play forever. Lord, no. Strong, strong on ya. Hey, you just ring the alarm. Tick a tick a tap, Rodigan, play non stop. Oh. Tick a tick a tap, tick a tick a tap, Roddy play non stop, whoa. Straight from London to New York City, Roddy can clash with Barry G. They both gonna play some reggae music for we. Let the world feel happy, oh. Let the world feel happy, Lord no. The world feel happy, oh. They let the world feel happy, whoa. Rock them in a Brooklyn in a New York City. This is the clash of the century Rock them Roddy gone and throw them down Whoa, oh, oh, oh Talk of the country, talk of the town Don't play, play till the morning Talk of the country, talk of the town Don't play, play till the morning So, ticka ticka tock, ticka ticka tock Roddy gone play non-stop Whoa, ticka ticka tock Roddy gone play non-stop Lord no Ticka ticka talk Ready gun play non-stop Oh hey We want to hear it from the Brooklyn Passy We want to hear it from the New York Passy We want to hear it from everybody Along with Sky High Oh 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 hey Along with Tennessee And you can call me the musical Paul So Actually, the biggest clash was 1985, me and Barry G in New York. I take it back. That was the biggest clash. I was so nervous, I literally, I had to queue up the first record three or four times because I just couldn't get it. And Barry G was nervous too. 
Supercat was in the audience. I mean, that was that was a night. The guy, the promoter that night, made so much money he bought a racehorse. And they, I'm serious. And we arrived at the gig in a stretched limo, and it was snowing. It was in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Empire, December '85, and the crowd was ridiculous. So I said to the driver, "What's all this? You know, some rock concert?" And he said, he said uh, "Actually, it's you guys." Barry G and I looked at each other. We couldn't believe it. We, I'm not. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. They were four deep off the wall around the block in the Brooklyn Empire. Why? Because the clashes that we'd done 83 and 84 and 85 on the radio in Jamaica had reached New York, because there's a massive Jamaican audience in New York, on cassettes. Cassette and tape carried the swing. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. And everyone had the cassette dealer down in New York who'd send, feed you cassettes. Everyone wanted to see Roddy Gunn and Barry G. And in fact, the promoter was a guy called Juki, the guy who bought the racehorse. I arrived at Capital Radio one Saturday night, and the security guard said, see that guy over there? With a hat on, you know, this sort of Sherlock Holmes hat. Yeah, he's from New York. He wants to see So I go, so, good evening, how are you? Yeah, my name's Juki. Uh, hi, Juki. Yeah, I've flown in from New York for one reason. It's Jamaican, Italian, American voice. I said, what's that? Name your price. You and Barry G. Christmas. I couldn't, I thought it was a wind-up. It's, it's, it's a candid camera. And this guy <laughs> took out a wedge, and I named a price, and he said, there's the deposit. I have a feeling, do you know, I think he threw on Concord, actually. Um, he said, uh, that's it. That's I've achieved my purpose. That's what I've come here for. Here's a contract center. To, and he got back on the plane the next day. He was gone. And in fact, I then went down to Jamaica to cut dubs. And he came down to Jamaica to watch us cutting dubs. This is a serious big-time promoter. Dukey. Kingstonian. And that night, it was a absolute roadblock and one of the highlights was me playing Maxi Priest start, start spreading the news, the news. Roddy Guns in Brooklyn today. he wants to be a part of it so we cut Frank Sinatra's New York New York Maxi Priest killing sound boys we voiced it at A-Class Studios in Clapham down in the basement underneath Tub Vendor we wrote the lyrics in the back of the fag packet played the Maxi Priest dub uh, with an intro, a, a loop from Frank Sinatra and got a massive forward. Start spreading the news. Roddy Guns in Brooklyn. He wants to be a part New York. New York, buddy! Frank Sinatra hasn't heard this yet, but when Frank Sinatra hears it, he's going to cry. Well, the highlight of the night was when I played Ring the Alarm, tenor saw Ring the Alarm. Ring the Alarm. Roddy Gunn is playing oh, straight from London to New York City. Roddy Gunn clash with Barry G. But the forward, I mean, tennis saw then was like, uh, you know, I mean, there was no one more popular in dancehall than tennis saw. And he didn't voice dubs, he hardly voiced any. We've got some of this past the hour too. Sunday morning, New York City hold tight. The music in here tonight. Watch it, Roddy Gunner. You shouldn't have done that. Why did you draw your best one for the night? For the night. Charles Peterson. 
Okay is a big thing and it goes through a, you know um, a lot of different phases and you've been over all those phases up until the the current. Can you briefly just go through like the history of reggae? Okay. Started in the hills of Warwicka in eastern Kingston with an encampment of Rastafarians who had a profound belief in the prophecies of Marcus Garvey that Emperor Haile Selassie was God incarnate uh, directly descended from the line of Solomon and David and they rejected society living a pure and idle life the Rastafarians were the heartbeat of the music and they still are in my opinion without the Rastafarians we simply wouldn't have the music that we have had over the last 50 years and that was epitomized in a song called Oh Carolina by the Folks Brothers Prince Buster produced the record and he brought Count Ozzy's mystic revelation of Rastafari down from the hills they were a drumming orchestra and they they they, they drummed and they play dong 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 there's a dong 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 that's them there you go and they played um the rhythm track they played the drums so that's a key record That was before ska. That was that was to me the heartbeat of the music. Jamaicans were deeply influenced by American rock, rhythm and blues, and they decided to make their own version of it. So originally, Laurel Aitken and Owen Gray and Derek Morgan were making boogie woogie kind of music. Island Records, Laurel Aitken's "Boogie in My Bones" was the first release on Island Records. Was a boogie woogie record. It wasn't a ska record. Well, it feels so good. I've got the boogie in my bones. Bartender is like dun, 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 because that's what the Jamaican dancers liked, and then they found this crazy backbeat. And it was this vocal gymnastics with these and it was just this energy. It was just bionic. And they recorded it. They created their own crazy backbeat and Tommy McCook, and they called it Scar. Mm-hmm. 
To this day, it is still deeply loved. There are new ska bands all over the world, from Japan to Los Angeles, you name it. And the energy in ska captivated people's imaginations worldwide. And that's why it became so popular. It didn't last very long. Uh, early 60s, by 64, 65, it was blowing itself out. And by 66, rolling into 67, the beat changed to... We produce the best in sounds. Feel good, feel good. The Porto Key or the Rocksteady. There's a chap called Roy Shirley who used to live in London. He died a couple of years ago, sadly. He created what is recognised as being the first Rocksteady record, being Hold Them. And the beat. Boom, 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 boom. Chung, 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 chung. It allowed the vocalists to express themselves and to explore and, and, and to just sing out, which you couldn't really do on Scar because it was so it was such a heavyweight sound behind it. Rocksteady period was probably the golden era of the music. It was just so rich. I think Dancing Mood by Delroy Wilson probably epitomizes it more than anything else, and Do the Rocksteady by Alton Ellis as well. And the two studios were the three. three. There was Federal, but primarily it was Studio One and, and Treasure Isle, and the sounds they made were amazing. You better get ready. Come to The rhythm started to speed up and the drummer was hitting that uh, rim shots much faster. There were lots of drum rolls going on. And they were pumping this organ and it became known as reggae. Reggae in your jagged. And it just, it all doubled up and it had this new energy. Thank you. 
upsetters epitomized it the Perry Productions, uh, the Hippie Boys, um, Harry J. All Stars. The, 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 the Maytals made a, the first song I ever heard called Do the Reggae was by the We Love the Reggae, We Love the Reggae Dance. Toots and the Matos with these rim shots going nuts like the drummer's being very overtime to put these rim shots all over the place. A liquidator was a prime example of a great reggae record. And then it changed again from uh, 68, 69 to 70. It's reggae. It will ever, it will always be known as reggae, but there were changes after that. The Far East sound, rockers created by Augustus Pablo, that Far East moody dub sound, of course, dub then rolled in. It was just this beautiful cadence, 1972, 73, 74, 75. King Tobbies, Lee Perry, Errol T, uh, Sylvan Morris, the engineers taking the front row, uh, taking the spotlight. Probably one of the greatest periods was the early 70s, uh, 73, 74, 75. Uh, there were some magnificent recordings. And, of course, DJs then started to really make an impact. You Roy had the top three positions in the Jamaican chart, DJing over old Treasure R records, which he'd been doing in the dance, and it was popular with the crowd, so Duke took him to the studio. This station rules the nation with versions. and I, Roy, and you know, the legends roll on. And, and from then on, well, there have been various uh, styles and fashions. Dancehall was very, very important because it was a, a new stuff. Dun, 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 Don't 
I am lyrically ill. Nineties, I am programmed to kill. Dancehall, bashment. Um, it was almost, it, it almost had that calypso beat. Boom, 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 boom. As opposed to chunker, chunker. And who can forget the three key players, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and Bunny Whaley. Bonnie Whaler's Black Heart Man album is, in my opinion, one of the greatest albums ever made, along with Bob Andy's Songbook album, and of course, the Soul Rebel album with the three of them on it, and then, of course, Catch a Fire, Slave Driver. I ever saw them perform was at the Greyhound Pub in Fulham Palace Road. It was unbelievable. It was a hot summer's night. How was I going to get in there? I got in there. It was rammed. Only you couldn't see them. You could only hear them. And all I heard was and then this I hear the voice of the man say Babylon your throne gone now. place went crazy they were sitting on the floor of the pub bob peter and bunny and they were beating these funday drums the, the rastaman chant from the burning album that was the opening song then they stood up and they did a full set it was amazing they hardly said anything at the end of the show i'm walking down fulham palace road and i see this big cloud of smoke come out of a shop doorway i thought the shop was on fire when it cleared it was bob marley on the end of a spliff standing in the shop doorway leaning on his guitar with wire lindo I couldn't believe it. So I, 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 I walked and I gushed all over him. You know, you know since What's New Pussycat, One Love, The Wailers, you know, uh, simmer down, put it on. I was like, amazing night. Yeah, man, just cool, just cool. And he's smoking his pipe and Wylinder's looking at me like I'm off my head. And then his car screeches up and Bob says, I've got to go. And he gets into the back of the car. And as the car pulls off, roars off down the Fulham Palace Road, Bob Marley turned and waved to me out the back window of the car. I say fly away. 
that I will never, ever forget. Until spin forward 1980, I'm climbing the stairs at Island Records. Who's coming down the stairs? Bob Marley. I introduced myself, jumped the gun and said, can you come on my radio show tomorrow night? He'd just come back from the Zimbabwe independence celebrations. He said, he looked at a couple of rasters and they nodded. He said, okay. And then he said to me, do you want to hear a new song? I've just finished recording it. Bob Marley asked me if I want to hear a new song. I go into the listening room of Island Records, him and Aston Family Man Barrett. I'm sitting there, Bob on one side, Family Man on the other, me in the middle. He takes his cassette out, sticks it in and presses play. At the end of the song, he said, so what do you think? What do you think of the mix? You think that would sound good on AM New York Radio or FM New York Radio? What do you think? I'm in a room with Bob Marley. He's asking me what I think of the mix. No one would believe this. So I told him I thought the mix was very suitable for stereo fm radio he said okay you got world exclusive tomorrow night and that saturday night off the master tape reel he played could you be loved this is quite radical at the time and it sort of split the scene a little bit I feel um, was digital yes big time it split the scene big time so take us to that point and uh, I remember 85 at Slang Tank in those days no internet a dub plate was brought to me on the Saturday night uh, from Kingston Jamaica Jammies and I was told this is the boom I listened to it and I knew it just had something it was sparse, raw, lean, but it had something. I don't know what it was, and it was that Casio music box that some kid had found and taken to jammies in Jamaica and in Kingston. We know the history. And I played it that Sunday afternoon at the Lyceum in the Strand. It was one of those all day. Remember when we used to have all dayers? Hey! And I thought, on, 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 on. And that was the same day. And Maccabee was on that show, and that tune mashed it up. Now, 
I remember Barry Gordon telling me in Jamaica that the head of Jamaican Musicians Union verbally gave it to him in the foyer of the Kingston Pegasus Hotel and said, you should never have played that record. It's appalling. It's a shame. It's a disgrace to our music and our heritage. That is the beginning of the end of, of for our music. And I remember uh, for a long time after Slang Tang, many people said reggae died when Slang Tang arrived. That this Slang Tang was just one example of, of this digital revolution. Steely and Cleavy and many musicians using computers and not traditional instruments to create sounds. And it did, it created havoc. A, a lot of, obviously a lot of musicians started to lose work because back in the day musicians would turn up at the studios and get session work well of course as the computers came in that, that stopped and I have to say upon reflection if you listen to a lot of those digital records some of them really were rubbish I mean let's be fair some of them were just inadequate some of them did have something special and they stood the test of time but I think it would be true to say that there were more records from the traditional recording point of view with bands, musicians and so on that have stood the test of time more than digital records. Um, I think digital records, when you listen back to a lot of them, are a little thin on the ground. There was a change in reggae the way I sort of saw it from a distance. It felt more vulgar. Yes. Undoubtedly so. Homophobia. Undoubtedly so. Where did you stand on all that? Well, as any human being would, how can you possibly endorse anything that says that someone should be murdered because of their faith, their sexuality? How can anyone possibly endorse that? Well, I beg his belief. And it, it, frankly, the damage it did to our music, and I say our music as someone who's proud of reggae music, it was phenomenal. I mean, it had a major impact. I think I'd sum it up by saying this, Giles, that... The songs that made reggae truly great, internationally recognized and deeply loved, were the songs that spoke out against injustice. And this is the dark irony that from a people, and I say this as a white man, from, from a people who were oppressed for 400 years in plantations, in slavery, who made that transatlantic crossing. If you've been through that as a race, and you've endured that kind of oppression and brutality. How can you then want to oppress other people? And so many black spokespeople have spoken out against it, and rightly so. The greatest thing about reggae music is the fact that so many of the, of the legendary songs spoke volumes for people who were oppressed. 
Declaration of Rights by the Abyssinians. People ask me, what's your favourite record? Point blank, Declaration of Rights, Abyssinians. If you've not heard that record, buy that record, listen to that song. Unchained by Bob Andy. Listen to Marcus Garvey uh, from Burning Spear. I mean, listen to Blackheart Man by Bonnie Whalen. Listen to the entire album. Listen to Joseph Hill and Culture. Listen to Max Romeo. The list is long of, of singers who've written songs that stand up and speak out for people who are oppressed. And Bob Marley, more than anyone else, I mean, gosh, how many songs did he write and Peter Tosh about this? So... Yes, a lot of people were bitterly disappointed in what happened to our music. Marcus words come to pass. Marcus words come to pass. Can't get no food to eat. Can't get no money to spend. And you, hello, come to one call. Oh, let me do what I can for you, but you alone. Oh, you know the right I do it now.
Let me battle with you for a quick moment. Mm. I'm going to throw five songs at you, yep. and then I want you to throw one back at me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to start off with I Jermaine Levi. I was going to say, yeah, it, I could tell from the label. I am a Levi, but I Jermaine Levi. I mean, this really does reflect the quality of great British reggae music in in the uh, the mid seventies, late seventies. He was signed to Island Records, as you know. Um, he recorded originally on his own label down in Brockwell in South East London. And he came up with some amazing sounds, beautifully arranged, haunting vocal style, big horns, big arrangements. Um, amazing. I'm German Levi. I am a Levi, because uh, being one of the 12 tribes of Israel, which is part of the Rastafarian movement. Fabulous record. Come back with something. This is clashing. This he, he set me up, <clears throat> but he set me up so I've lost my voice. Then he can say, "Yeah, what against crap? He's got nothing to say." You got something you can throw? Maybe of course something, I have something from your okay, album. Come to you. Right. So you're going to give me that. I'm going to throw back at you. <clears throat> I've got to throw back something British. Can't come back with the DJ because you played a singer. Why don't I come back with the drop and takeover? 
Now, they're a British band. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. But I heard this and I thought it was rather interesting. It, this is developing into a clash. I'm counteracting Giles Peterson's I Demand Levi with the drop and takeover. Follow that. Me want to take over Babylon. Me want to start sitting decision. Bring up the people for a revolution. Come on, now let we bycat this system. So do it, man. Let we take over Babylon, now you'd man. Let we take over Babylon, conscious man. Let we take over Babylon, so do it, man. Uh -uh. Let we take over Babylon. Me wonder why them haven't been assassinated. They're doing things that are promoting greed and hatred. Getting away with them crazy decisions. They shouldn't get a free ride in their position. Tell them I read the answer, tell them I get in. Because an enemy, then I'm causing a friend. They should treat every man like they're my brethren. And in this world, every man is the same sort of a man. Let we take over Babylon, a youth man. Let we take over Babylon, can't just man. Let we take over Babylon, so do it more. Let we take over Babylon. Me tell them once, me tell them two times. If you want one, get on the front line. You call it liberation, we call it a crime. Do it already, and to change up your mind. You want to be conscious in at this time. Corruption will fall every time you will find how one of these days you're gonna step over the line. And retribution catch you up from behind. So do we, man. Let we take over Babylon, now you man. Let we take over Babylon, can't just man. Let we take over Babylon, so do it, man. Uh -uh. Let we take over Babylon, so do it, man. Let we take over Babylon, now you man. through with a little bit of Dennis Brown and uh, the dub of It's Too Late oh It's Too Late babe you know I put that on my dub album the first dub album on Grapevine Records Rodigan's dub classics it's on there stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time and I interviewed Herman Chinloy about that and he said yeah I just wanted to do a different take it is, it is haunting. I mean, that Carol King song is wonderful. It's too late, baby. It's too late. And that dub mix is just absolutely amazing. I salute you. I mean, I really do. I'm, I really salute you because that is one of my all-time favourite Dennis Browns. Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time There's something wrong here There can be no denying One of us is stranging or maybe we've just stopped trying And it's too late 
now it's too late Though we really did try to make it Something inside has died and I can't hide And I just can't fake it Oh, it used to be so easy living here with you Light and breezy, and I knew just what to do. Now you look so unhappy, and I feel like I'm a fool. And it's too late, baby. Now it's too late. Though we really did try to make it, something inside has died. Charles Peterson just played Dennis Brown, Dubwise, It's Too Late, I'm Going Dubby, with Keith Hudson, Pick a Dub, from the Pick a Dub classic album, the title track featuring Augustus Pablo on melodica, mixed by Osborne Ruddock, a.k.a. King Tubby, the Dubmaster. Salute! Stangard. Excellent. Salute! Stangard. Return oh. with a little East of the River Nile because oh. this is a song which, as you were saying earlier on, it's got that Eastern mm. it's magnificent feel, almost Ethiopian, yes, Saharan, yes, melodica. Yes, I and salute you again. That is really an amazing track. I bought it on a single. I had it on my little record shack in in Oxford Market and treasured it and uh, and and always will do. East of the River Nile, Augustus Pablo, amazing.
my turn. So I'd like to play Taurus Riley Soul Grabber. Uh, this rhythm is deep, heavy-duty reggae, produced by King Jammy's son, Baby G. And for me, it's bouncing the music back into the 70s with that big, heavy-duty bass line and fat rhythm and a great vocal from Taurus Riley. He really is, I think, a very special songwriter and singer. So, Soul Grabber by Taurus Riley. <laughs> And when them squeeze trigger, somebody had a roller. Call Papa, tell him come home proper. Cut them your soul grabber. Them they your road and run. Camouflage heart, can't disguise. Pretty smile, but them got an evil eye. You'll be surprised to want to take your life. At any time, them like you cannot talk. I just so no hesitate for pop it off alive. Head run for cover when you're here. And blood bitter and them cold like snow. Them like you cannot talk. I just so no hesitate for pop it off alive. Head run for cover when you're here. Sit them, please avoid them, do no walk in them way No call, no name, no try to greet them Them and them can live always Them will come for you in the night And them will come in the day So me chant a psalm So them not devour me Like the girl mama Cause them a soul grabber And when them squeeze trigger Somebody had a roller Call papa Tell them come home proper Cause them your soul grabber them they are road at home Camouflage heart Can disguise Pretty smile But them got an evil eye You'll be surprised Don't want to take your life At any time Them like you cannot talk I just so No hesitate for pop it off alive Head run for cover When you're here I was thinking that we could put it into the now and we were talking about dubstep and one of the dubstep producers, for want of a better word, who's really got that warrior feeling for me is Koki. Yes. I'm not so familiar with him, but I know his work. I've, I've heard of him, obviously. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop a little bit of Koki and we're going to go straight in from his brand new album. play King Tubby in fine style to counteract Koki keeping it in that dub mood (laughs) 
Selection without objection. This is Giles Peterson. And if you're interested, my name's David Rudigan. Another lovely record which I which I just pulled out on Treasure. Bella Stillen, we were talking about her. Mm. Why not? Wonderful. Should we do another song. One life to live. Should I do that? Is that why? Have you got a you got a response to it? No, I haven't. No, but I'm the only person that has Phyllis Dillon on a dub plate singing "One Life to Live." Roddy only has one sound to kill. He's gonna kill them. And I've destroyed so many sound boys with it. It's one of my most treasured doublets. And she said, David, you know, I don't really do these things. I said, Phyllis, I'm asking if you don't want to do it, fine. But I will do it for you. Win or lose, it's rather scared to play. Right or wrong, he'll play his way. And if he makes mistakes, it's his own heart that breaks. Got to find his way of life himself alone. Roddy only has one life to live. He only has one sound to kill. No matter what you do, he'll murder you in the dance tonight. Oh yeah, and send you home. Phyllis Dillon, I loved her. I mean, I just, I thought she was amazing. That's a great choice. So, Giles Peterson, you play Phyllis Dillon at Treasure Isle. I'm going to counteract Phyllis Dillon with Joya Landis. Joya Landis was this lady who was in, found in a studio in New York by Alton Ellis and Duke Reed when they were working in New York. And they heard her singing and they said, why don't you come to Jamaica? And she did. And she, re- she recorded Kansas City and Moonlight Lover, which was a number one in 1969 in Jamaica. And she made one or two other recordings, and then one day Duke Reed took his gun out in the studio, was unhappy about the performance of the drummer, so decided to liven up proceedings by firing a few shots into the wall to show the drummer the kind of energy he wanted. And Joya Landis witnessed this, and Alton Ellis told me this story, and just said, Excuse me, Mr. Reed, I'm just going to the ladies. (laughs) She never came back. I'm going to Kansas City.
So we're talking about dubs. You've had a few dubs with your voice on them. I have. So what about your dubs? Dubs that have been, you know, you've been getting quite a lot of your voices on. Yeah, that's amazing. That's happened. You know, breakage and so on. You know, I'm very flattered. You know, I mean, what what more can I say? They've. I can never remember where where I've made the speeches. That's what cracks me up. When did you make it? Where? No idea. Can't remember. They're keeping you up to speed with hardcore music. The music is what it's all about. I love it just like you love it. That's why you're here. I'm here because I love to play. You don't come, I can't play, and I love to play. So, so. we don't make too many speeches because it's all about the music. You just heard a hardcore sequence of hot shot dub plates from down Jamaica way. Right about now, we're going to start to change the pace and change the style. During the course of the night, we switch and we swap and we ride round the track together. Together, 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 together. Busy summer. Yes. Booking David Rodigan isn't something that you can just go up and book him in a month. It's a two-year waiting list, right? I'm afraid it is. It is. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> the only reason for that, Giles, is that I, obviously I've been doing it a long time, so I've been working within the reggae fraternity around the world, in Japan, Europe, you know, and America, West Indies. So it, it's not that uh, hard to, to get repeat bookings. Uh, if you do a good job, chances are promoters will say come back at the same time next year. And if you're working in various countries uh, worldwide, it, it, the calendar soon fills up. David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Charles, it really has been a pleasure for me. And ladies and gentlemen, can I just embarrass Charles Peterson now? Because I've said it in public places and I will now say it on the radio. That it was many, 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 many years ago that I was in my kitchen in West London making a cup of tea. And I heard this wonderful piece of reggae music being played on the radio. And I heard this young DJ enthusing about it. And I remember, quite specifically, stopping in my tracks and turning around and looking at the radio and saying to myself, who is this? Who would be playing this track in the afternoon on a London radio station? A track that would never be played. It was a Studio One instrumental. I believe it was by Jackie Mitu, And it blew me away. I phoned up my friend. I said, who's this fella on the radio? He said, oh, it's a young new DJ called Giles Peterson. I made a note of your name. Congratulations. It's you deserve it. every success. David, thank you, mate. Together. Thank you very much. Stay with us. 
the music of Dadawa. Seventy-two nations. And Jackie Mitu. Totally together. I hope you've enjoyed the music over the last two hours with my special guest David Rodigan. Ah, so ah.